0: www.tanktv.com. We'll blow you away.
1: This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. A top of the morning to you. I'm Lance Wackerly. <laughs> Wackerly, have you suddenly turned into a leprechaun? Are you showing your Irish self? That's my St. Patrick's Day intro. Oh, okay, yeah. Is actually, today
3: St. Patrick's Day officially? The today
2: 17? is St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, man. How come you're not uh, wearing any green? I have green shoes on. Oh, yeah, you do have green shoes. You but know, they're the same shoes I wear every day, so it's not. I didn't put any green on. So you didn't specifically put on any articles of green green clothing?
3: No, I'm actually hoping a tranny pinches me
2: <laughs> when we go to the bar later. <laughs> so. well, by pinching, you mean jerk you off? Yeah, they can pinch whatever part I want them to pinch. <laughs> so, dude, you know what though? Pinch my balls. Today, I was just pissed off all day. In St. Oh, Patrick's wow, that's Day.
3: Fucking, that's novel.
2: Yeah, that's a rarity. But St. Patrick's Day fucking pisses me off. It's like the whole time I'm inside, I can hear people partying and drinking all day. Motherfuckers take the entire day off of work. All right, so this is drink. different
3: because normally you have. Like deep seated issues with the holiday itself, but now you're just jealous that you don't get to participate. It sounds like to me.
2: No, I have issues with the holiday itself. <laughs> but what the main point is who really fucking cares about Irish people? Why right. does it fucking matter that we celebrate an Irish holiday? It's just an excuse to drink, and that's what they need to understand. They gotta fucking do away with wearing the green clothing. This isn't fucking high school. The
3: Irish know? people built this country, man. <laughs> Dude, if you're talking Just about, because you Jewish money lenders are running Hollywood and the banking system.
2: That's my nobody point. Nobody appreciates you. That's my point. It's like we're <laughs> celebrating people who really didn't do much at all for this country, whereas Jews <laughs> do so on. much. There'd be like
3: ninety percent less bar fights in America if there were no Irish people. I mean, come on.
2: That's, that's then a good where point. where would we be? But then how come there's no Jew day? Like, Why don't we have Jew day where everyone can wear the little curly sideburn things and little yarmulkes and walk around <laughs> and, and just be like, you're Jewish, I love you, and, and sing Jewish songs and actually, put on we, big noses? Actually, big... we
3: yeah, we do that, but we do it behind y'all's back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's much worse than just big noses. Yeah, it's like I mean... long dagger teeth and we pretend to eat these <laughs> chocolate babies.
2: It's a big deal. <laughs> Oh, we, well, we do I've it never when you're been invited to this Jew bashing party. We do it
3: when you're all at Temple for like Purim or Purim. <laughs> <laughs> but you
2: didn't want a Purim, <laughs>
3: we all go. We all go to the Irish bars and like you know wear the big hook noses and we put on our fake Jew claws to pinch pennies out of the you know. I'm just saying
2: it's bullshit that we celebrate one minority and not another. Mexicans Cinco de Mayo. Black people Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> you know uh, Chinese people get Chinese New Year. Jews, what do they get? Nothing nothing i'm just saying we should have jew day so i'm i want to start a movement maybe like in i don't know april or May or something We'll have one day They'll just be Jew day What, so what do you So do you think? want
3: me to alert The the rest of the goys That our, our, our goy Jew day Where we make fun of All the Jewish people Is off And now we're gonna do This group hug Jew day With the well, Jews no, it's I mean like, nobody's you know, gonna just, go for that
2: Well you'll go up to a Jewish guy You'll be like I love you here It's five bucks And just <laughs> like You know It's just like You're Jewish Let's go drink And just be Jewish And do happy Do have to
3: drink Manischewitz Because that shit is it's awful It's a Jewish drink Yeah but yeah. it's awful
2: I can see that It's horrible I don't know No, dude. All I'm saying, it's just like you see all these idiots wearing fucking green. Same dudes that probably wear red on Valentine's Day, but you know they're celebrating a holiday that really they know nothing about.
3: What dude wears red on Saint Valentine's Day? Same
2: motherfuckers that wear green on Saint Patrick's Day.
3: (laughs) I don't. Okay, I think the green wearing crowd is a little bit bigger, but
2: all I'm saying, it pissed me off. It pissed me off. The only interesting thing that happened today, other than the fact I was staring out my window drooling. But wait watching a minute, let me, let me
3: make a point before you move on from this segue thing. We, you told me we were going to talk about St. Patrick's Day, and you turned it into let's talk about Jews. See, this is why people hate the Jews.
1: <laughs> All I'm saying is. <laughs> this is why people hate you. All I'm saying this is, is why Jews why you are getting the shaft.
3: This is why you don't have a holiday because it's always about you. Okay, Dude. now move, move on with your segue, whatever, about your dream you had. You're completely about misguided. About the eight holy nights of oil burning or whatever. You're
2: completely misguided. All I'm saying <laughs> is Jews get the shaft. Everyone kind of forgets that they're these guys running the country, <laughs> you know, operating everything. Yeah. You know, they're the puppeteers. Right, the Zionists. And no one ever, yeah, no one ever says, you know what, thank you for being a Jew. But what was your dream though? That bit, That would be my song. <laughs> thank you, you for being a Jew. <laughs> that's, that's my song. Yeah, and Jew, Jewish people wrote that show probably completely. And yeah. they probably did, yeah. and we but should what, thank them
3: for back, all the entertainment. But back to your dream, a you found a quarter instead of a penny that of <laughs> <laughs> a
2: no, okay. Uh, what I'm sweat. saying, while I was staring at the window, watching the people, the revelers tr- guzzle green beer and puke all over each other, I sat down at my desk. I was depressed. Open up the, uh, the the tubes, and uh, what did the I inter-tubes. see? Yeah, the intertubes. Okay. And what did I see? They're opening up the Charles Manson case again. Do you read this? Uh, I saw the headline, but I didn't read it because that's just the kind of person I am. Dude, think about this: the Charles Manson case. When's the last time you heard anything about Charles Manson?
3: You, you hear about him every four years or whenever his parole here he he comes up. When he's denied up, like, parole, and the, yeah, and the parole board's like, nope. <laughs> I love that they make him like say his whole thing. Like they they should just tell him right when he comes in. Now
2: there's no fucking make, chance in they, hell you're gonna get paroled there, yeah. Chuck.
3: They make him do his thing, but he's probably happy about that. At this yeah, point, but you right? know what?
2: It's kind of like a. a what is it like a pony show or whatever he comes out he sits down he starts ranting off about like how you know the the conspiracy and he's gonna start killing all these different people as soon as he gets out and then they're like yeah it's good to see you it's been a long four years denied get back in prison but tell me what you think about
3: this maybe he's not even that crazy anymore and he's just going through the show because he doesn't want to get out of prison because like who's gonna rent an apartment to charles manson (laughs) (laughs) who's gonna give charles manson a job
2: I don't know that you know now that would make a fucking great reality show. Think about that. <laughs> Charles like, Manson just, is sixty-five other... <laughs> and paroled, like like that Scott Mayo. Or other famous uh, famous like you know celebrity serial killers. It's like you know uh, Night Stalker finally got out. He's eighty-four years old. <laughs> He's not going to stalk anybody anymore. Maybe your grandma. Yeah. But uh, you know you have a reality show about it. I think that might be interesting. That would be pretty good. I,
3: I would watch a show with just Charles Manson trying to get by in the modern <laughs> world.
2: <laughs> just working at the Safeway? Yeah. Bag your motherfucking groceries, stick a knife in your throat. Charles Manson, shove it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear any of your lip anymore, or you're going home. Put that tuna in the bag, fucker. So, four decades after leading his band of followers on one of the bloodiest rampages in American history, which I beg to differ with. Mass murderer Charles Manson is again casting a chill shadow across California's Death Valley. Believe it or not, his hideout, that uh, I guess it was kind of like their commune or whatever, their uh-huh. compound, is still around. I like, guess it, it was in Death Valley? Middle of the desert, Dude, way I, out in the middle of nowhere. I never knew that. Have you ever been through Death Valley? It sucks. You know, I was going to ask you about that. I've never driven through Death Valley. I've why why Death... would you drive through Death Valley?
3: Well, if you're driving across the country and you take the southern route, you sort of go
2: in that direction. I guess I've been through Vegas. Does that go through, Death, driving from here That's to Vegas? That's the northern route, I think.
3: The southern route's when you go sort of go by the Grand Canyon and you're driving to LA. That's when you go. Th- I don't know if it's specifically Death Valley, but it's like the Mojave Desert. and it's, it's so
2: fucking hot. But I mean, it's just desolate. There's nothing out there.
3: No, and there's, like, rest stops, and they are, like, huge signs, like, drink water now or you'll perish, you know, just because there's ra- not going to be water for
2: another hundred miles. I envision the hills have eyes type of uh, environment. Right,
3: except you don't go off the highway, but if you went off the highway, <laughs> yeah, some deformed dude will, will fucking rape your ass and eat your face. <laughs> and
2: crucify you. So forensic experts believe that they have located the graves of at least three more victims of the Manson's family. Uh, Buried at a remote desert ranch that they use as a hideout following the gruesome killings of uh, Sharon Tate and several of her friends in Los Angeles in
3: 1969. So, dude, this is – can we, like, take a pilgrimage there and do a sick and wrong recording from – Remote location? Yeah, from Charles Manson's compound. You know,
2: I never knew that it was still around, but I kind of want to go down there now and just, like, do, like, a sick and wrong on location. Yeah. And put it up on YouTube or something,
3: yeah, we could take photographs and blur our faces
2: up. <laughs> I think that'd be kinda cool. maybe we could reenact like scenes from uh, Charles Manson's you know hippie days. you're not talking about gay shit, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying we'll okay. bring like some uh, gullible 18 year old chicks and get oh, them to yeah, do yeah. stuff and have sex with each other. And I'm up for that. I'll pretend to be Manson and you know make who am them I going to be? <laughs> if you get to be Manson, who do I get to be? You get to be Tex Watson. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> the only other guy there, dude. If yeah. you ask me, Manson had a good thing going, dude. I mean, the guy was char- like he was char- charismatic. He was uh, funny. I mean, he was <laughs> crazy. More or less. I mean, he was definitely insane, but uh, he came across as being intelligent. He was articulate.
3: If you're a retard, I mean, I don't think any. Yeah, but dude, I don't these think girls any were so be, high. Yeah, yeah, but I don't even think any moderately educated person listened to his shit and was like, "Oh yeah, man, you're you're really you got it, you got it down, Pat. No, you know about it. the world more than anybody else." But to an
2: inbred person, I mean, right. this guy was, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was a, a genius. So how but did anyway, they find three bodies? Were they well, looking? What's weird about it is the findings would confirm rumors. They're looking right now. They haven't found the bodies yet, but the findings would confirm rumors that have circulated for years about the murder of a number of drifters, hitchhikers, and loners drawn toward the desolate rural encampments. I guess he uh, created this hippie um, compound out there. He'd go to Hate Street. He was like known as a guru up on Hate Street to recruit <laughs> followers, usually like 18-year-old women. Bring them all the way back there, and maybe if they wanted to get out of the compound or something, they'd probably kill them. I don't know.
3: This is how I imagine it. You're you're like a sixteen, seventeen year old kid in the hate. You're just doing drugs, having sex with all these easy women. Charles Manson comes up to you. I mean, this is if you're a dude. He's like, "Hey, man, you want to <laughs> come down to Death Valley with me and uh, you know sit around in the heat and the dry and you know all the chicks are gonna want to have sex with me. I don't know what you're gonna get, but." And you're just like, yeah, that's
2: cool. <laughs> and you go with him. I mean,
3: you deserve. Yeah, but there like your one fate. dude. Okay. I mean, it was just a bunch of, like five
2: stupid chicks. All right. But I mean, if you think about it, I bet you, I bet you Manson passed around the pussy every now and then. You think so? I'm sure he shared. I don't want, I don't I mean, want he was sloppy seconds though. Uh, no, I definitely wouldn't want that. But what what I find odd about the the fact that they're reopening this case, four decades went by. Why now?
3: There's no statute of limitations on murder.
2: Yeah, but it's just, I mean, how are they even going to know who these people are, drifters? Uh, I mean, were there dental records back then?
3: That's the thing. You know, every five years or ten years that goes by, techniques are approved to find the bodies and everything. But some things, like, yeah, okay, maybe they can do dental records better now. But if you don't have the people's, like, dental records from back then or you don't know what their DNA was to begin with, then what good does yeah, that Yeah, do? I
2: mean, that's – I don't understand how you're going to have any of these people on record. But there's got to
3: be unsolved crimes that they can, like – From the time From the that time. They, yeah, they'll compare the height missing of the, of the, of the skeleton whatever. to, you know, the height of the, of the person that was missing.
2: Well, they say two probable burial sites and a third that a team of forensic investigators say warrants a further look were found at the Baker Ranch, one of several isolated properties used by the Manson family – Miles from Civilization and Death Valley's Par- or Panamint Mountains, which I, I don't even know where that no. <laughs> is. But I guess it's this, like, desolate, or desolate ranch, and they found probable burial sites. So they actually haven't found the bodies yet. Um, Manson transformed a ragtag collection of hippies, religious extremists and dropouts into an armed and organized cult preparing for a race war with the blacks. Did you know that?
3: <laughs> yeah, I knew that. But I what was his problem with the blacks? He grew up and was, like, taunted by black people now, or something.
2: I don't know if he was taunted by black people, but I know he used the um, assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. as, like, a launching point for his beliefs. Like, he said, because of that, black people are rising up, and they're going to revolt against the whites. And he, like, quoted Black Panther leaders, and he said... We need to prepare an army. So he was uh,
3: fearful that, that he was going to be overrun. Yeah. And he was reacting to that. Dude, they, I mean, the guy supposedly. was a schizophrenic.
2: He had, like, probably a persecution complex. Yeah, but I'm I mean, sure, like, some,
3: some black person said something smart to him when he was little and made him feel bad, and this was his well, what Do you ever read
2: the book Helter Skelter? No, <laughs> yeah, the, the book is interesting. I mean, the book is very interesting. I'm, I'm into that. It's type not of thing. like
3: Mein Kampf. It's not like his manifesto. Right? Somebody else wrote it about. No, someone I wrote saw, about the, the murders. I saw
2: the movie Helter Skelter. So yeah, but the, 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 the book is interesting. But anyway, it's kind of. I mean, I never. It's hard for people like know who Manson is and know he is a mass murderer, but no one really knew what he did or who he killed. But he, so he killed Sharon Tate, who is the pregnant wife. She was eight months pregnant. Pregnant wife of Roman Polanski <laughs> and the director of Chinatown, um, Rosemary's Baby. Right. And uh, that got, one
3: with Bridget Bardo where somebody falls out of a window.
2: She get naked in that one?
3: Obviously. It's Roman yeah. Polanski. <laughs> it's Roman Polanski. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Roman Polanski, you might remember him as the uh, the director who molested the eight-year-old girl and then fled to France. Yeah. So he would be prosecuted here. You know <laughs> that guy. He never
3: was. Uh, he's allowed back in the country now, though, isn't he? No,
2: he's he's, he's still, still a persona non grata. <laughs> yeah. But so uh, Tate was eight months pregnant at the time, and she and three, I guess, housemates were hacked to death. They scrawled "pig" in her blood on the wall and helter skelter, and that's where they got the. Uh, I mean, well, it's because Manson used to quote Beatles. Uh, Beatles, yeah. Lines. He, 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 he predicted the, yeah, the he predicted the apocalypse. He didn't think album. like that.
3: God was talking to him through Beatles songs? through the White Album. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then uh, the following night after the uh, Tate murders, uh, Manson led followers on another rampage to the Los Angeles home of Leno LaBianca, who is a supermarket executive, and his wife, who were killed with a bayonet, I mean, to the throats, (laughs) a carving fork and a knife. So and there, once again, helter-skelter on the wall. And, you know, you brought up an interesting point when I mentioned this. You're not impressed by Manson. You think this guy is on the hierarchy of serial killers, mass murderers, notorious murderers. You think he's pretty much towards the bottom?
3: Yeah, well, he didn't... I mean, everybody always points this out. He didn't do any of the killing himself. He directed it. The people that he convinced due to the killing... You know, where if you had to brainwash somebody and try and get them to do something, these are the people anybody would
2: pick. You know, like these loser well, just, kids. Yeah, I mean, like, look at David Koresh. Look at Jim Jones. See,
3: fuck that, though. Because David Koresh and Jim Jones, they had, like, adults and old people in their cults and living in their compounds. And and we're talking, you know, Charles Manson had, like, what, like, 20 followers? Like, Koresh had, like, you know, at least 100 people in on that compound. Yeah, but Koresh never— I think Jim Jones had, like— Maybe like a thousand people in Jonestown.
2: But think of the mind control, though. I guess Jim Jones did convince them to drink the Kool Aid and commit mass suicide. Yeah, and, and but ge- <laughs> Manson convinced a group of followers to commit like gruesome murder. I mean, he led a band of just like I mean, he, these people believed him in so much that they went out and committed a gruesome, like horrific murder. Yeah, but
1: in Jonestown, pregnant
3: remember, woman. Don't you remember when the senators came down and like the 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 family or oh, whatever they yeah, called them, They fucking mate. shot at those guys and shot up that as they were trying to get back, run back did to their Did he plane. do it
2: or did uh, his followers do no, it? No, it was his followers. He didn't do anything like that.
3: And like Koresh, you, you know, they were shooting at the, the ATF
2: people outside. Dude, Koresh was just a pervert with a messianic complex. I mean, well, that dude, guy just went you, out and got if, laid. If
3: you're going to start a cult and you're not a pervert with a messianic... Complex, what are you doing? You're in the wrong field. That's the that's the only benefit, is that you get to have sex with all these like
2: do, underage girls. I do kind of agree with you. I really don't think Manson was really all that groundbreaking his approach. What I think it is, I think it was the timing of what he did. Because you think about it, at that time, you know, we're going through a cultural revolution, the hippies, people like throughout the country were all of a sudden becoming aware of this movement, and they had, you know, these Notions, uh, whether out of fear or intimidation, whatever, of what hippies were. You know, these crazy drug addled long hairs running around. Right. And then here comes Manson with his group of hippies, you know, taking LSD and going and scrolling helter skelter and right. pig in the It was a tangible a thing woman. you could
3: attach to it if you hated hippies and be like, see, that's what—that's where this is all going if you don't watch out and if you don't like, make these kids cut their hair and stop
2: smoking the reefer. I think, too, if. if if it didn't happen in, like, 1970 or 1969, I think it would have made a difference. Like, had it happened like, 1980, I don't think it would have been as big of a deal.
3: Yeah, but I, I do think it would have been as big a deal from something else that you pointed out, besides the uh, besides the whole timing and the hippie thing. It's the Us Weekly crowd, you know? It's because these people are famous and, like, oh, glamorous, yeah. it, you know, I mean, stars. Rome
2: Polanski was one of the biggest directors at that time in the right. world.
3: So that's, you know, if somebody hacked up Jennifer Aniston, it'd be the fucking the whole you know television networks would just melt down from overload of like yeah, all the all I mean, the ti- all the press they would be able to
2: shove out there about that no yeah like if someone went and killed Britney Spears you know, right. seriously, we'd never hear the end of it.
3: Oh, my God. It'd be like years and years of just analysis and retro
2: analysis and never forget. Even though we would brand that person a hero, <laughs> doing the world a favor. Right.
3: Then people would come to the studio with burning torches and pitchforks.
2: Well, so what's interesting about it, Manson's 73 years old now. He remains in jail for ordering the murder of uh, Tate and Friends. Doesn't
3: he have any diseases? I mean, normally when these people, you know, get into prison, like Al Capone or whatever had syphilis. He had syphilis, just... but, but I doesn't, don't know, Was man. he taking care of himself and? Drinking wheatgrass
2: juice in there? I mean, shouldn't he have like 73, a yeah. tumor think, in his liver or something like that? I mean, you'd think the crabs would have got him by now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he was a hippie. <laughs> Dude, they all have genital lice, yeah. dirty fucking bastards. They probably scrub him down when they The one interesting him. thing about one of the people who is part of this investigation is the sister of Sharon Tate, Deborah Tate. Who was seventeen when her sister was murdered, yeah. and I guess she's accompanied journalists to the ranch to watch the forensic scientists at work, and they have all these quotes from her as if she's an important person. Yeah, so
3: she's just milking it, you know, like she wasn't famous. She's probably never write done a anything. book about it. Yeah, she, she probably already has, but she's never done anything. But you know, she's making some money off the fact that her sister, who is famous, was murdered.
2: Nice. So the reason, one of the reasons why they've uh, reopened this investigation is Susan Atkins who is a follower who is present at both the Tate and LaBianca murders, um, has long hinted in prison that Manson or other group members were responsible for more deaths at the Barker Ranch. Uh, she was, uh, she's the longest-serving woman prisoner in California's history. Wow. She wrote in a note to a cellmate that there were three people out in the desert that they'd done in. I highly doubt that the Sharon Tate and LaBianca murders were the first murders that they ever did. I mean, because it was—not that it was executed with, like, precision, but they did go out without there Without remorse, and, Without remorse, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it's like I'm, I'm sure they are kind of—you know, at least done it once or twice. Yeah. You don't start with Jennifer Aniston. I mean, the, you start with a drifter. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they killed a couple hobos, and they were used to it. But what I find interesting about the fact that they're reopening this investigation— It sounds to me like it's some kind of Discovery Channel cable type of bullshit. Because I don't see any significance of finding out, okay, so I guess they killed a couple drifters. I mean, does it really matter? Are you going to add any more time to Manson's sentence?
3: No, but at this point, it just adds to the historical record. I mean, it's not. Yeah. I mean, Manson's never getting out. It sounds like this woman's never getting out. It just adds. I mean, now it's just historical fact-finding,
2: archaeology, you know. So... Apparently, uh, if he killed three more
3: people, then that's a bigger story than if he just killed, you know,
2: I think he killed like nine or 10. Yeah. Well, well, if he had three, that's a significant 30 percent more. Well, so uh, one of the reasons why uh, Deborah Tate here is still so obsessed with this, other than the fact that she's trying to make some money, and get famous (laughs) herself. (laughs) Uh, She says Deborah's mother, Doris, emerged from years of depression when she heard that a Manson family member is seeking parole. Uh, Doris is now dead. Uh, she gathered 350,000 signatures, helping to keep the murderer in prison. She also lobbied successfully to change California state laws to ensure the rights of victims' family members to make statements during sentencing and parole hearings. Would you do that? Like, if if your brother or sister or sibling was murdered, would you go to every parole hearing? I mean, people do that all the time. Victim yeah, families? I mean, I,
3: it's hard to say. I would, I, you know, right now, I would say no, and I think it's stupid. I think you should get on with your life, but— Who's to say if you're actually in that position? I think weird things happen to your head. Because yeah, so, I mean, so many people do like, I mean, it. So many and like you know, and she's fighting to like make it uh, uh, give people the right. You have the right to make a statement and like yell at the person who did this. But it's just like, what good is that going to do at that point?
2: Well, Deborah's mother Doris died in 1992, and uh, her mother apparently Deborah said that her mother specifically asked her to carry on. It's her life. My wayward daughter. (laughs) Yeah, she gave herself two. She she gave her daughter two tasks: make sure her sister's killers never go free, and help other families to find the peace that has eluded her. See,
3: I think that's kind of like cursing your daughter. You know, I mean, I think a better "fuck
2: you, mom," you selfish
3: bitch. Yeah, no, a better thing to say in your deathbed would be like, you know, we fought the good fight. Let it go. Go find a husband and get a career and like, you know, have some kids, but like, you know, no. yeah, keep obsessing about the thing that I obsess with. It's kind of a shitty thing to do to your kid as Debra, you're dying.
2: I want you to have a conjugal visit <laughs> with Charles Manson.
3: <laughs> Make sure my vagina's clean before
2: they put me in the coffin. <laughs> <Ugh>. No. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Somebody's we'll we'll probably do it. have we'll probably have to have a follow up on that in the near future. Um, I'm sure, uh, more's, more, more information is going to come out when they actually, if they do find any bodies, but I really do think we might have to take a field trip, sick and wrong field trip out to the Manson site.
3: I'd be up for that. It wouldn't be too long of a drive. Dude, like I, think it, I think there. we could
2: document the whole thing on film. Be like a sick and wrong movie.
3: Plus I might murder you in the desert.
2: Yeah. I mean, that'd be sweet. If you Dude, don't murder me first. <laughs> wait, wait till Jew day. Okay Okay, Well, we'll do it on Judah. Well, that's how we're going to celebrate the new
3: holiday Is you, you know, every year you kill a Jew <laughs> Just one It's, it's not the, like Dude, the Muslims not, love that holiday It's, it's not, like one of their favorites It's not Hitler Day, it's just Jew Day <laughs> It's one Jew a year the, so most, uh, ob, the most obnoxious one So I think we have a, a quite a few to get to, through Before we get down to you uh, Dude, I'm pretty high up
2: there <laughs> Yeah, sure. but there's a lot ahead of you Yeah, there's Seinfeld <laughs> Kramer Stern <laughs> Stern <laughs> So this is episode 114 here, Sick and Wrong. Uh, Before we get into the stories, I want to do a quick recap of episode 113. I did a story about the lesbian kiss of death. actually did a story about a John Denver killing spree. And a listener sent a story about a Dr. Jenna Torturer in uh, New Zealand. I
3: had such a good story, (laughs) but I think the doctor one might have beat me. You know what?
2: Oddly enough, this doesn't happen very often. You and the listener tied. Fifty-eight oh, votes apiece. So disappointing. Dude, I was kinda surprised. I was tallying up the votes and I was like, wow, dude. You guys it was I mean, it was neck and neck all the way up. Fifty-eight apiece. Can I have like a dick sword fight with the listener to no, You to win by it? default
3: though. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah right, I forgot. Uh, my dick is big. My internet dick is bigger with respect to the show.
2: <laughs> I came in with less than half with twenty eight votes. But yeah. people didn't People didn't really find my story all that sick and wrong. They were like the only sick and wrong aspect of it was that they were uh, Split apart. Yeah. What? Some more scissor kicking would have been. It lacked
3: focus. I wasn't really sure where the story was going at any given point. It's just
2: two lesbians engaged in a murder. It's like the movie Bound. The thing you should
3: have focused on was that they were making out over the corpse. And I think you took a long time to get to that point. That's just my constructive criticism.
2: Okay. Well, uh, next time, maybe I'll, uh, (laughs) you know, I'll take some notes on your delivery here, (laughs) Wackerly. But, uh, you know, we had one guy write in. uh, Capretta caprettas and one of the Aussie listeners you know we actually pissed off like 10 Aussie listeners I those hope Aussies so. we were are so thin very hard. Skin, but they're so thin skinned dude you compare an Australian to a New Zealand, say they're both the same and they all get pissed off right. you insult the crocodile hunter say he's a you know a pervert that sticks a twat, his finger whatever <laughs> and, you know it's just like they all get their fucking Australian panties in a knot I know So he writes in, uh, screw you arseholes. Okay, Australian, it's assholes, not arseholes. I never understand where the R and the E come from. (laughs) I don't know. A-R-S-E holes? Arseholes? I I have no idea. It's assholes, Australian. Aussies aren't from New Zealand, and the Lezos, I like that term though, from Australia only drink blood because they weren't weaned on fosters when they were babies. (laughs) Like Australian.
3: So this Australian is supporting our fosters theory? We gotta get, yeah. get this guy in the, on the, you know, on our list of resources to go to when people say that Australians don't drink Foster's.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So uh, you, you, and the listener both won episode one thirteen. But I really win because I'm yeah. the host. So uh, that's why I bought the beer this week. Awesome. So, uh, people, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Uh, Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show, audience votes, winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card with the uh, listener submission, which you can send to Sick and podcast at hotmail.com or submit an article on the forum page. We sometimes take from that, too. And um, we're on episode 114. I believe I started last week. So, Wackerly, why don't you kick off this, uh, this episode here of Sick and Wrong? <laughs>
3: I'm going to chalk another one up for Jacksonville, Florida, and let me tell you why.
2: No shortage of sick and wrong activities in Jacksonville, yeah. Florida.
3: Uh, a state Florida. witness on Friday took took the stand at the sentencing hearing for a woman who kept her teenage son caged in her Jacksonville home and called the incident the worst case of child abuse she's ever seen. That's the witness speaking.
2: They always say that.
3: Yeah. Uh, last month, a woman named Brenda Sullivan pleaded guilty to three counts of aggravated child abuse. She's not even trying to get off. <sighs> uh, prosecutors agreed to drop the ch- the lesser child neglect charges. That's like if you run like three people down in your car, and then the prosecutor's like, "Well, we're still going to accuse you of that, but we're we're going to drop the running the stop sign charge." <laughs> like who no.
2: cares at that point <laughs> cuz you mowed down those kids already
3: yeah i mean i don't really care about the stop sign deal but uh so this woman and her late husband had claimed they put the adopted boy in a caged crib like a crib with a, like a lid on the top that they nailed
2: shut wait it's a makeshift crib
3: well it's a it's a real crib and they put him in there, and then they put a piece of plywood on the top and nailed that thing down,
2: like a hamster or something, like a cage, yeah. like a cage or okay. a snake
3: or something. <laughs>
2: How old was this kid? Well, when they, I guess it's hard to say, but I think they got
3: him when he was seven years old. Which I think seven's too old to keep a kid in a crib.
2: Right? Yeah, and but you know, it kind of defeats the purpose of adopting a kid at age seven. Right. But you don't get to go through all the baby stage and all that if you're into that kind of thing.
3: I think you're missing the point of why this
2: type of person adopts a kid. Well, it sounds like they're doing some kind of experiment here.
3: No, I mean, it's pretty basic. The the reason this type of person adopts a kid is because the state pays you, like, $2,000 a month for every adopted kid you have.
2: Okay, it's the white trash theory of kid adoption.
3: Right. Um... And I think foster parents get like $1,500. That's why you'll have these like houses and like families that have like seven kids. Seven kids, yeah. yeah. And
2: then the parents don't even have to work.
3: Right. And plus they're foster kids. So at some point you can like shuffle them off to an actual adopted family and move some more in. Um, it's a nice racket. So she says, and, and like I, I wanted to point out, her late husband, I guess he died. He's, you know, like, so long, sucker. <laughs> I got a scot free, bitch. Um, but she says that. She put the the boy, the seven year old boy, who's now seventeen. Jesus, dude. He was still in a cage in, that
2: long. Still in the crib. So, damn, dude. She says that this That's is a, a
3: stunt your growth. She says that this was on the advice of her doctor in Ohio, where they used to live before they moved to Florida.
2: Okay, why would a doctor say, All right, put your kid in the crib, lock the top, you know, make make a uh, you know, a lid for the crib and lock it, and never let your kid out.
3: That's interesting to ask that, because the doctor actually... controversial behavioral therapy. They actually brought the doctor into the courtroom. So the doctor took the stand on Friday and told the court, the crib was recommended, but that was only for at night, for short periods of time, when the kid was little. (laughs) Not 10 years later. Not at 17? The doctor also said the crib never should have a homemade lid on it, or have been used for a teenager.
2: Whatever okay you, so Never she, she misconstrued his advice here well that's
3: kind of like when you or misinterpreted you know when you have a little infant baby and the doctor's like well you should feed it some mushed up peas and then the kid is like 16 and you're still feeding, feeding it, 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 mushed it mushed up, up, peas up peas. because you don't understand that like the doctor's re- uh, recommended advice has a time window of where it's appropriate Dude,
2: my mother was really pissed off when they said i should stop breastfeeding at the age of two i know and so i kept going to imagine at least how 16. you felt yeah i mean i was like you know it's 16, I'm like, what do you mean I can't suck or teat anymore? Yeah. Well, at I'm least kidding. you're still wearing diapers.
3: I, I don't know who's changing them at this point, but I'm not going to ask your girlfriend. I don't think that's weird. <laughs> police. Uh, the police report said the boy was starving and suffered psychological dwarfism, which sounds like a made up term, I guess. Psychological dwarfism. So he's really small, but they think that that's not because of genetics. Well, it's dude, how could
2: you grow with a lid on top of the crib? You'd think he would be like the Hulk and grow and like bust out. <laughs>
3: You know? so, so, how big is this kid? Um, that's another interesting question. They say when, the, when they adopted this kid when he was seven, he was 49 pounds, which I guess is normal weight for a seven year old.
2: 50 pounds, okay.
3: Yeah. In 2005, 10 years later, they said he weighed less than 49 pounds.
2: <laughs> so he's dwindling. Apparently, he wasn't drinking milk. I don't know how they keep this kid alive. Yeah, without I don't understand it. I'm picturing him. I'm picturing that, that, that dude from the movie Willow. Willow Yeah, but that, <laughs> what's that guy's name? Um, I can't remember. you know what I'm talking about that little guy I mean substitute any dude.
3: any midget actor, Billy Barty, uh tattoo hervey Village <laughs>
2: yeah, dude, the guy's not Puerto Rican.
3: <laughs> isn't that what Herve was? That is not relevant to the story. Okay, dude. I don't know why you're going off on tangents, but uh, uh so she says that uh, she did not give them uh, or sorry, the witness says she did not give them education and love. But most importantly, she starved them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, at least, you know, in the era of childhood obesity, at least this kid, you know, wasn't some big fat gastropod, you know, not even able to fit into his pants, like 50 pounds overweight for his age.
3: Yeah, we've heard about your aversion to fat kids (laughs) before, your willingness (laughs) to go to extremes to avoid having a fat
2: kid. I'm just saying, at least this kid was on a diet here. I mean... He's a bit malnourished. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be
3: happy to know. Prosecutors said the teen, and I s- swear to God, this is what the article says. Prosecutors said the teen has made remarkable strides <laughs> since being removed from Sullivan's home. And I'm assuming those are like six-inch six strides. Six-inch strides. And remarkably remarkably is, is a relative term here. Leap Here's the thing games. that I don't understand. 17 years old. When I was 17 years old, I was jerking off like a rabid monkey yeah so did he just never his genitalia hasn't developed or was he just just jerking i don't even know why i'm asking this question but i'm just imagining this dude he was kept in a cage he probably thing. never saw a
2: naked chick he can use up his imagination
3: i suppose I or mean, you know
2: rub up against his teddy bear <laughs> i wonder if she taught him how to speak did he go to school i don't think he went to school if he was trapped <laughs> in the cage the i would have loved to have heard his voice though Right? I imagine it was kind of hot. What are you
3: talking about, D? <laughs> Have me on your show. I'll do a phone interview. <laughs> no, so this the- kid's never going to be normal. And I gave this a
2: uh, a four point five. To you be know, honest with you, I'm giving it a four point five too. I'd give it another half a star if she fucked the kid. But being <laughs> yeah. that she, but being that she, this is one of the worst child abuse stories I've heard on Sick and Wrong in a long time. We've had stories
3: where where foster parents locked kids in cages, but it was more like at night they had to be in the cage. Into the day they got out, or you know maybe they were locked in a closet. But like to be locked in a small crib and actually have it like shrink you over the point of ten years when you're supposed to be growing is really
2: odd. And you know, that's a, that's what's that's the significance of the story for me, which the. The reason why I'm giving it such a high score is the fact that it, the abuse occurred over 10 years. Yeah. It's not that it just happened, like, you know, for a month, and then the parents were found out by the police, and, you know, they were prosecuted. Yeah, and where the This hell... happened over 10 years. Where
3: the fuck was Child Protective Services? Dude. Isn't that their whole job is to make sure that, like, adopted it's and foster kids— don't... Well, no, it sounds like they adopted the kid in Ohio, then moved, and Child Protective CPS was just like, wow, they're gone. It. Oh, well. do, do you think maybe we should call Florida CPS? No, nah, I, I got shit to do and there's some donuts over here and <laughs> I'm, surf, I'm surfing eBay so maybe next week and then they just forgot.
2: Yeah, I wonder if they, if the family also had a circus. Maybe there's an ulterior motive. Training for this. Well, then it's
3: on-the-job training, That's so what I was it's thinking. not so bad.
2: Yeah. Well, I give it four and a half stars. I think my story's going to beat that one now, Wackley. We'll see. accused of forcing girl to kill pet cat. Sounds horrible. Yeah. Dramatic. Yeah, so, I mean, this isn't
3: like, well, the cat's got feline AIDS or feline
2: leukemia and we're, we're going to take it to the vet. this is a case of the cat being put down. This is a case of the okay. father teaching her kid to learn how to kill. Okay. Yeah, he was teaching Let's, his kid... To learn how to kill.
3: Let's hear the details.
2: So uh, the story happened in Muncie, Indiana, which I was thinking about the other day. You know, I've driven through Indiana several times, but I don't think I've ever been to Muncie. But it's a great name for a town, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I feel like that's
2: near one of the colleges. Like Indianapolis
3: or something? Yeah, something like that. But I
2: mean, wouldn't you be brimming with pride by saying, yeah, I I grew up in Muncie? I'm glad I'm not from anywhere in Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) It's a prideless state. A uh, man was jailed Thursday on charges that he forced his seven-year-old daughter to kill the family cat by holding a knife in her hand and making her stab the pet. Dude, as I read this story, you're just going to picture the show Cops, because this sounds exactly like a premise of one of the uh, vignettes on Cops. Daniel J. Collins, 39 years old, told his children during a visit to his home, which implies that he's divorced yeah. and he has visitation I have the rights. kids for the weekend. Um, A visit to his home on Sunday that he wanted them to learn how to kill. And he gave his 11-year-old son a knife to do it, according to an affidavit filed in the case. Apparently, his son um, chickened out. Uh, The boy tried to save the cat by hiding. He wanted his, his, uh, his family to kill the cat. He wanted his two kids to learn how to kill by killing the cat. The boy tried to save the cat by hiding it under a sofa bed and putting ketchup on a knife. When uh, his father went to the bathroom, (laughs) it's a crafty eleven-year-old. You got to admit, because you know I'm envisioning this scene that these kids are totally bawling. They don't want to go to their drunken father's house. Yeah, you know it's like mom's dropping them off there for the weekend. Although
3: they they do get to stay up till like one in the morning
2: (laughs) (laughs) because he's passed out. Because he's passed out. It's like you got to watch dad puke all over (laughs) himself. This is going to be great. It's probably not as enjoyable as I'm picturing. But but the thing is, so the fact that the kid. You know this crafty eleven-year-old trying to fool his drunken father by putting ketchup on the knife also implies that his dad must do this every time the kid the kids come to stay with him.
3: I like the fact that he gives his kids a sharp knife and then leaves the room <laughs> and to, leaves go to, the the to go to the
2: bathroom. <laughs> An eleven-year-old and a seven-year-old. Be careful with that. Burp. But dude, don't you think? Don't you think this probably happens? The kids arrive. He's probably already wasted. It's like you know, eleven a.m. on oh, a yeah. Saturday morning. He's already and he's down like, to, like one pint of bourbon. Yeah, and then he drinks like six more beers. He's like, "Kids, your dad's gonna teach you something today. You're gonna learn how to kill. <laughs> Grab the cat. Come on, here, boy. Here's this knife. You gotta kill that cat. You're gonna become a man today." He just seems very lazy.
3: I mean, because in the Midwest.
2: There's kind of acceptable
3: ways to teach your kids how to murder animals. It's called hunting. Hunting, yeah. But you actually have to, like, put on camo and get a, go down to the courthouse and get a license and go out in the woods and walk
2: around. But you know what, probably. You can't do it from your couch. What I see probably happens. So every weekend he does this. And then his son puts a little ketchup on the knife. Dad goes to the bathroom, sits back on the couch, starts drinking again. He's like, yeah, dad, I killed the cat. Right. And he's like, oh, okay, good job, boy. <laughs> you take after your old man. <laughs> then his dad passes you know, out. Passes out. The next out. morning,
3: forgets, that the, you forgets know, why the, the cat's not dead. the whole scene even
2: happened. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about it. Right. But this time, the father came back from the bathroom, sat down on his chair, satisfied that the cat was dead. He saw the <laughs> knife with the blood on it. Everything was cool. A couple hours later... He saw the cat walk by.
3: The cat spoiled the ruse.
2: Yeah, the cat got out. <laughs> the I cat's guess, supposed to stay underneath the fucking couch. Or hide him in the closet or something, right. but the cat got out. When the father realized that the cat was not dead, he was upset. Well, they do have nine lives. Yeah, so. and he took a few here. Yeah. He forced his daughter to hold the knife and then held her hand tightly as he drove the knife into the animal several times.
3: So was this like a situation where... Um He's kind of, like, belittling the son, the 11-year-old, to be like, if you can't kill it, we'll see if your little daughter or your little sister can. You know, I like bet you that's probably
2: what happened. Because he realized like that. that the kid tried to fool him, and he, like, smacked him because yeah. he's a motherfucking ingrate.
3: Your fucking little sister has bigger balls than you,
2: son, <laughs> you little faggot. <laughs>
1: Best and dad ever.
2: <laughs> and you know the sister's probably just crying. Oh, yeah. Because she wasn't enjoying that. Well, we ho- if she was, she's going to be a serial killer when she grows up. I guess the little girl didn't do that great of a job of uh, stabbing the animals. Because police said Collins then grabbed the cat out of his daughter's hands and then stabbed and strangled the animal himself. And then threw the cat at his son and told his son to put the dead pet in the trash. <laughs> so you can totally tell He's just like You worthless piece of shit yeah. Whips the dead cat at him You know So Officers do you, think, do
3: you think the cat Was brought with the children Like it's their cat Or is this not a dad's cat At his house I'll
2: get to that point a little later oh, in the sorry, story, okay. but it is the, it is actually the dad's cat. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is kind of funny because that's what leads me to my hypothesis that the dad tries to murder the cat every time. Yeah, I see. You know, his kids are up there, but the cat always lives because the son tricks him with the ketchup knife. Sure. Officers apparently retrieve the carcass to be used as evidence, which I'm <laughs> sure they must have loved that. <laughs> Rooting through the trash to find the carcass. Yeah. Uh, the children told family members about the incident the day after the alleged killing, and that's what led to the arrest here. The children told police that their father was dead drunk when they arrived at his home, and that he's a different person when he's sober. <laughs> Daddy drank. <laughs> Son, do you remember that Kids in the Hall bit? Yeah. It was one of my favorite uh, Kids in the Hall skits when he was just like, Daddy drank. And it showed out, what was it, David Foley? Yeah. And and uh, I forgot the other guy. Mark they... McKinney. Or... No, no, the guy no, with that no. black no. poofy hair. Yeah, yeah. Tim McDonald. Know. Kevin McDonald. And right. uh, he was. He was. David Volley's like, son, I brought you a puppy on my way home from work, but then I got hungry and I ate it. <laughs> I, I totally picture this. Like you know when the dad's wasted, he's a completely different like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde type of dichotomy. Right. Going on here. Apparently, the siblings live with uh, their mother. <laughs> Go figure. But I do like
3: the fact that the mom drops them off for father uh, visitation they're, weekend they're without violent. going in and finding out that he's a hammer. Just sort of like kicks him out of the car, peels out with her boyfriend to go off and have like, you know, illicit romping hotel sex all weekend. And, she uh,
2: probably just wants to get rid of those kids. I yeah. mean, think of the think of the right. genetics. You know, uh, Collins was being held in a jail in lieu of a uh, $40,000 bail. He's charged with one count of animal cruelty and battery and two counts of neglect of a dependent. <laughs> the battery charge alleges that the girl was injured because Collins held her hand so hard that it ached.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the appropriate charge would be like some type of a psychological abuse of
2: your children. Yeah, exactly. Not physical I mean, abuse, it and, and but it's he did hold is, her it hand is, while he stabbed the animal.
3: Yeah, but it's just, and it is just a cat. I mean, can you really go to jail for that long for killing
2: a cat, dude? You can get another one at the pound. I know. Um, apparently, the uh, attorney here, Brown, said the case was particularly troubling because Collins involved his children in killing the animal. It's an eight-month-old tuxedo-type cat named Boots. Nobody cares. Yeah, but this <laughs> is his dad's. This this is the cat that lived at the house. Okay, so. Poor Boots, dude. I mean, Boots, what did Boots do to deserve this? Uh, Every weekend, the dad gets drunk, and you can tell he's bitter because his ex-wife is out fucking some young stud. Right. You know, he's got these two ingrates that, you know, the one kid's obviously a homosexual because he can't kill a cat. <laughs> he's got this one daughter. who's a crybaby seven-year-old. Right. He's sitting there getting wasted, and the only motherfucker looking at him right there is that cat. Women always not compl- doing anything. And it, here's another aspect. <laughs> that went for nobody.
3: Women always complain that, you know, like you get married to some dude, you have some kids, your figure goes to shit, you know, yet your husband still is like becomes older and like more distinguished and, and young chicks are sort of in some young chicks are into that. And like, so the guy is old, and you get divorced, and he's out like running around with some eighteen-year-old, and you're kind of like stuck with the kids, and no dude wants to fucking look at you twice. But that doesn't really apply if you're like a completely In all cases. well, if you're completely lousy alcoholic, <laughs> <laughs> your your advantage go, like go, drops to zero almost because nobody's I, I, gonna fucking touch your your divorced, drunken. Two kids over every other weekend
2: have an ass. I just picture bloated fish belly hanging out the wife beater. Oh, yeah. You know, sweatpants down. (laughs) Bald. Balding. (laughs) You know, hasn't shaved for like
3: two weeks. Right. Bad, like, smokes and coffee-stained teeth.
2: So on the sick and wrong star scale, okay, if this guy had just murdered the cat himself, you know, in a drunken rampage, I probably wouldn't have even done the story. The fact that he took his children... You know, and completely damaged you know, their innocence. I mean, he completely denied them of their innocence because they probably love to come over and play with boots. Yeah. But the fact that he made and- his daughter <laughs> stab the cat to learn how to kill. I don't know why he wanted to train his kids to kill at that early age. <laughs> I'm going to have to give this. Because he warped their minds. Four and a half stars. Yeah, I don't. I. I they didn't fuck the cat. I echo. I echo. <laughs> he didn't fuck
3: them. I echo the sentiment of like, why? Why do they need to learn how to kill again?
2: Well, they <laughs> live in Muncie, Indiana. You I know. know? It's so, not
3: like it's not like they live in Phnom Penh or
2: something. Uh, you that, know, that Jakarta. would have been a mitigating circumstance if right. they lived in Thailand or if they lived in Afghanistan. Either or yeah, like,
3: either a war zone or some type of a like very dangerous jungle. Like yes, you need to know how to kill. Uh, a tiger with your bare hands If one ever comes at you Or like, you know, if the infidels come You need to be able to kill them But yeah, Muncie, Indiana I don't, I don't really understand Trailer the, Park in
2: Muncie I, I, don't, I don't
3: understand know. the urgency <laughs> So but what are you giving it? Four and a half, yeah
2: sure. Four and a half stars We'll see what the listening audience has to say about this one So uh, once again, Wankily We got another formidable story from the listeners You know, I want to just say here I just want to preface this uh, story I found this first I did find this first. I found this on CNN.com the day it came out, like within the hour it came out because I checked CNN.com obsessively at work.
3: Well, you are a host
2: of the Sick and Wrong podcast, yeah. You know, expected to be on top of this kind of news. But dude, we had like probably fourteen. 15 people send in this story. Yeah. It's I like mean, it's you, that sick and wrong. It's like
3: when you hawk a big loogie in a goldfish pond, and they all just, like, <laughs> race to really it. And...
2: Yeah. This story is a huge it's Pretty loogie. pathetic, actually. It's a huge loogie. And <laughs> I have to give it to the listeners. So, I, as you know, to be fair, equitable here on the show, I gave it to Jason, who's from Texarkana, Texas. Texarkana. Was... Texarkana. <laughs> Texarkana, whatever. I don't even know how to say it. Okay. He was the first person to send this in. So Jason, you get credit for sending in the story first. Go. He says, "Hey fellows, check this out. Sounded pretty funny to me. You sick fuck." Um, here's the headline: Sheriff, woman sat on toilet for two years. It's very cryptic. Wait till I explain a little bit more.
3: I mean, I've been constipated before, but but I'm ching,
2: two hours maybe. Yeah, <laughs> no, I could see that. But two years? A good book. <laughs> Wichita, Kansas is the city where this occurred. Authorities are considering charges in the bizarre case. I want to like underline bizarre here. Case of a woman who stayed in her boyfriend's bathroom for two years. Dude, I would have broken up with her years before. Uh, Spending most of her time on the toilet so that her body was stuck to the seat by the time the man finally called the police.
3: Like encrusted with fecal matter?
2: No, her skin had actually grown. She's fused. She became one with the toilet.
3: So it's like one of those trees that grows around like a metal signpost or
2: something? Yeah, she became one of the – she fused with the toilet. Very interesting. It appeared the 35-year-old Ness City, which I guess is a city in Kansas. uh, The Ness City woman's skin had grown around the seat. The woman (laughs) initially refused emergency medical services but was finally convinced by responders and her boyfriend – that she needed to be checked out at the hospital. So
3: she just continued to think that everything was cool. I'm fine. I'm stuck here, but, you know, I am on the toilet. I, <laughs> I can take care of that business. If you bring food into me, that's fine. So why would I? You know, everything's cool. I what can be here another couple
2: out about? years. My ass is a toilet seat, so what? <laughs> Who cares? You know, is it? I don't see anything wrong with this. Is that... A- are you, is somebody getting more ass than that
3: toilet seat or is that toilet <laughs> seat getting more ass than any conceivable possibility
2: County Sheriff Brian Whipple said we pried the toilet seat off with a pry bar and the seat went with her to the hospital the hospital <laughs> had to remove it
3: so when he says they pried the toilet seat off they didn't pry the toilet seat off her ass they pried the seat off the toilet
2: with her with, with it her attached stuck to, to it her, her still. ass wow. like, could you imagine like the fireman just being like dude I can't believe I'm fucking doing this right now.
3: Well, I'm imagining, I'm, you know, I'm imagining a bathroom like yours, where to get behind the toilet seat is hard enough because it's cramped in there. And now imagine some—I'm assuming this is a big fat woman, like some three hundred, she must ladies, be like four hundred and fifty pound, <laughs> four hundred fifty pound lady sitting on it. And then you have to stick your head back there and a pry bar and get leverage.
2: Dude, she sat on that thing for two years. Think of the smell. Think of what that would smell like. I mean, I don't even Ooh. know about the fecal matter buildup. I'm just thinking bacteria, because she probably didn't wash down there all that often.
3: Do you think she wiped every time, or just, you know, like, I'm not going to go anywhere, so maybe I'll wipe once a week?
2: Well, that's what, you know, that's a point I wanted to bring up, and I guess right now is a great time. <laughs> How did she, do you think she wiped? Do you need to wipe when you're over a toilet?
3: I think she like had that? a unconventional wiping method.
2: What, like back to front? You know, through the front legs. <laughs> reaching you know, under a lot, of, a lot of women Firmunda wipe like wipe. that though a lot of women wipe like that
3: i've heard that that's uh, not recommended because you can what drag you mean, well, fecal no. bacteria into your vagina well
2: that's if you're wiping back to front but i think they they wipe they put their i guess they put it down but they go under instead of going stepping up and going from behind <laughs> oh wow. odd no it i just I, shows
3: how little i know about
2: chicks <laughs> dude i've Hid in the closet watching my girlfriend wipe, (laughs) and I've seen that she, instead of standing up and spreading her ass cheeks apart, you know, using the wall, she actually sits on the toilet. Dude, that's fucking disgusting. How many times have I told you you got to get a webcam? I do need a webcam. Exactly, but you know that—that's what I wonder about. That, like, did the woman get up and change her clothing? But did she take a shower? You know how did how did they have sex? The what... They weren't having sex. Dude, I guarantee she's probably giving him blumpkins, blowjobs from the toilet. You're right.
3: But I, mean, I think <laughs> he's supposed to be on the toilet for that to be a blumpkin.
2: Oh, okay, a reverse blumpkin? But here's
3: my question that I think it's even worse, and it stems from the wiping question. Was she putting tampons in, or was she just letting it free, freely flow like in nature?
2: Maybe she had one of those diva cups and was just emptying it out every now and then.
3: What? You mean she put the cup in, had her <laughs> follow, and then pulled it out and emptied it right in the toilet that was three inches below her twat to begin with? I doubt it. You know and what? that just makes me feel that much more sympathy for the guy that had to get down there with the crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> just shit, piss,
2: compressed like feminine a waste. You, you know what I find interesting, too, though? They must have lived in an apartment with at least two bathrooms, because <laughs> how, how did the guy use the toilet? Was he like, "Come on, baby, spread your legs a little"? For, all right, that's perfect. Yeah, you know, I, I don't but know. But that doesn't explain how he was shitting. Sometimes
3: you can. Has do to that. be a second bathroom. Has yeah, to. I, I, it's like you know, it's I don't like know. the second gunman theory with JFK
2: assassination. <laughs> it's the second shitter there had theory. Had to be a second bathroom. Yeah. Well, authorities are trying to determine. I don't think he was crapping on the grass knoll. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Authorities are trying to determine whether any charges should be filed against the boyfriend. Because really, is there any wrongdoing other than stupidity on his part? Um, She was not glued. She was not tied to the toilet. She was not physically stuck by her body other than the fact that her skin fused with it. It's hard to imagine. I still have a hard time imagining it myself, said Brian Whipple. Um, Police declined to release the couple's name. But the boyfriend, Corey McFerrin, agreed to be interviewed. Which blows my mind because this is something that's going to haunt him the rest of his life. You're that dude with the big fat girlfriend that was stuck to the toilet, right? <laughs> did you fuck her? <laughs> Does she still
3: have a toilet,
2: shade di- toilet <laughs> seat shade divot in her ass? Yeah, I, I figured she did. I wonder if she had one of those like furry covers to the seat. No,
3: I, I, I would guess not. Because I had, guess that would protect from fusing.
2: And the best part about it is he identified his girlfriend as Pam Babcock uh, McFerrin is only 36 years old he's not an old guy I mean I can understand if it was like some 65 year old man and yeah. his wife was senile you know with Alzheimer's and she's stuck on the toilet I think this he's 30, a pothead
3: I think he's a pothead World of Warcraft addict and he was like finally some peace and
2: quiet and I can just sit here and play World of Warcraft all I want Classic porn addict, dude. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, the bitch is in the toilet. I'm just gonna sit here and jerk off and go to bed.
3: Yeah, how long has she been in there? I don't know, a couple hours. <laughs>
2: dude, think about this way too. You know, she probably weighed like 450 pounds yeah. when she sat when she laid down in their queen size bed. The whole bed probably flipped up. Right, and had to roll on. You know, I mean, that's much more comfortable. It's probably not getting made fun of anymore. Uh, McFerrin said he he told investigators that he took Babcock food and water and asked her every day to come out of the bathroom. Her reply would be, maybe tomorrow. (laughs) According to him, she did not want to leave the bathroom. He told the uh, Associated Press that he wasn't to blame and that it was solely Babcock's choice to remain in the bathroom. He said, she's an adult. She made her own decision. It was my fault. I should have gotten help for her sooner. I admit that. But after a while, you get kind of used to it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying, dude. Guaranteed, she was at least giving him a handjob or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why would you have your girlfriend in the bathroom? Yeah. At some point, if you weren't getting any action, it'd be like, bitch, get out. What I don't understand about it's like, could you imagine, like, your friends come over to smoke a joint, watch you play World of Warcraft? (laughs) It's like they're like, hey, dude, I'm going to go use the bathroom. Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) See, dude... It's obvious that you're not a video game guy because you're missing the point of World of Warcraft in that your friends never come
2: over. <laughs> you're their internet friends. Oh, okay, because they're don't act. they not real friends.
3: Right. They, they never come over. That's kind of the point of World of Warcraft.
2: So um, he said that she had a phobia about leaving the bathroom because of childhood beatings, <laughs> which I've heard is the best way to potty train a kid.
3: How else would you do it?
2: I don't know. It just kind of happened one day. She went in and had been in there a little while. The next time it was a little longer. Then she got it in her head she was just going to stay like it was a safe place for her. <laughs> he said in the beginning uh she bathed and changed her clothes and he'd bring her clothes and she'd change into them. He said they conversed and had an otherwise normal relationship except that it all happened in the bathroom. And then uh, later on It sounds like
3: one of my relationships. <laughs> like, you know, at first they bathe and change their clothes and then that just gradually drops off but they don't <laughs> they don't stay in the bathroom but up to that they don't point they stay in it's the, the bathroom maybe i mean, they just haven't dated a girl long enough to get to for it to get to the stage
2: yeah but no I, that is what happens though yeah. it's because they they reach this like this level of just being comfortable. Right. You know? You Complacency. You never, never
3: want your girlfriend to be comfortable.
2: No. It's like, you know, bitch, put on some makeup. Yeah. You know, put on some high heels. Take let's, those let's... fucking
3: huge-ass tent-sized granny panties off and put this thong on. Yeah.
2: And get the fuck out of the bathroom. And those stained sweatpants aren't cutting it. All right, girl? Right. <laughs> and yeah, get out of the bathroom. Uh, police found Badcock clothed clothed and sitting on the toilet. Her sweatpants down. To her mid-thigh. She was somewhat disoriented, and her <laughs> legs looked as if they had atrophy.
3: What did her eyes look like? Like Gollum? Were they enlarged? <laughs> I just picture her being
2: really pasty and just pale. <laughs>
3: like Gollum.
2: Yeah. Well. <laughs> she could see, like, in the dark. Um, she said that she didn't need any help, and she was okay and did not want to leave the bathroom. <laughs> Uh, McFerrin uh, said his girlfriend has an infection in her legs that has damaged her nerves and that she has no feeling in her legs. She may wind up in a wheelchair. Authorities said they did not know whether she was mentally or physically disabled.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, you've sat on the toilet and been, like, reading some science fiction novel and you, like, accidentally Your legs fall asleep. Yeah, you accidentally sit in there for, like, you know, 20 minutes and then I you. thought that just happened to me. No, dude, everybody. But <laughs> imagine two years.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, two it's crazy. years. I couldn't it's even just imagine. It's crazy. It. You know, I would just like to see pictures of them surgically extracting the toilet seat from her buttocks.
3: I'd like to see the the toilet seat shape divot after they remove it, and like the the disgusting sores. Would you within. continue
2: to live in the apartment if I was the boyfriend? Yeah.
3: I don't see why not. You just get a new toilet seat, right, and dump her. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't maybe. continue to date her. Let me put it that way. <laughs> that would be the end of the relationship. Yeah, I finally Last got get out of the straw, toilet. Never come to my house again. <laughs>
2: So it reminds me of that movie What's Eating Gilbert Grape Remember? With no Johnny Depp <laughs> Big fat mother
3: River Phoenix plays a retarded kid Yeah, yeah. No, I,
2: no, no, no Leonardo DiCaprio Whatever Very convincing The best one that's role still ever. alive Yeah, best role
3: ever I don't watch movies with retarded main characters That's something maybe you didn't know about me
2: Yeah, I don't know why Except for Sling Blade. Yeah I was, make an exception That was damn good uh, So on the sick and wrong star scale I might have to give this a five star because it's so bizarre. Originality. I mean, dude, the toilet seat fused with her skin. She became a toilet seat.
3: Here's my question, and this is going to... Uh, my my score, the final half a point is going to be dependent on your answer to this. Do you think this is completely true? Do you think she really never came out of the bathroom for two years? A year and a half?
2: Well, he said in the beginning, <sighs> though... He said in the beginning that... Uh, Okay, you know, let's, she walked around. Let's and make it easy. Clothes.
3: For the final Six eight, months, months, eight months, you think she seriously sat on that toilet seat for Did eight it, months straight? And that's why her t- ass fused? How many
2: agoraphobic people have you ever met?
3: None, because they don't come out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't ever come out of their house. How, how
2: would I meet them? Yeah, but, I mean, have you had any friends that you suddenly dropped off the face of this earth and then you're like, you know, where are you? Where, yeah. where have you been? Yeah,
3: yeah, but usually later on you you find out that they weren't agoraphobic, that they had
2: a bad drug problem. Yeah, yeah. That's usually what <laughs> happened. But, I mean, sometimes those two are coupled together, you know, they go sometimes, hand in hand. Yeah. I, I don't think this woman had a drug problem. But the fact of the matter is I just think these people are, if you, are if, capable it's totally of extremes. Up to you. If
3: you tell me that you really think she didn't get off that toilet seat for, I'll make it easy six months, the final six months. If you believe that, I'll give it five stars.
2: I don't think – her skin would fuse with the plastic toilet seat if she had been on there less than six months.
3: Okay, five stars.
2: All right. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Go vote, sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 114. Ring,
0: ring, ring, banana phone. Ring, 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 banana phone. Are you drunk? Are you horny? Call call the Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206 666 3846. Ring, 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 ring,
2: ring, ring. Banana phone. Ring, 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 Banana phone. ring, ring. ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. Well, actually, we're uh, nearing the end of the show here. Almost the end of the Sick and Wrong St. Patrick's Day spectacular. I thought it was the Jew Day spectacular. Oh, well, dude, you no, know, you wait till Jew Day. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we received quite a few calls to the Sick and Wrong hotline. And uh, did you listen to the new promo that we've been playing, our new Sick and Wrong Hotline promo?
3: Uh, yeah, you you have so many new promos, but let me think of it. Banana Phone? Uh, yeah, the Banana Phone song. I did Dude, it's that. so catchy. Right. It's so catchy. I know. I wanted to hear the rest of the song, and then it cut off, and we, we started talking. And yeah, it well, I'll,
2: I'll play it again. But uh, anyway, uh, we received quite a few calls to Sick and Wrong Hotline. Give us a call, 206-666-3846. And yeah, you know... Get, leave us your drunk, angry rant. We'll play it here on the show. Uh, let, let's
1: get to a couple of these. All right. Hey, Sick and Wrong. This is Gary from Minnesota. You don't have a fancy, schmancy, two-minute long-ass message, like, from the Ville to bore the fuck out of me, and by the time <laughs> I get to talk, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Better get on that shit. I'm like, hey, it's Sick and Wrong Hotline. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I've never called in on that. Anyways, yeah. by rambling about that, I, I have no idea what the fuck I was about to say. Oh, well, the show... Uh, God, what was I about to say? Oh, you had dude, the this uh, kickboxing stung. dude on on the show, the last show episode that I listened to. Good information. Uh, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Shit. Oh, oh, the uh, the stoner, yeah, not the stoner hotline. This should be one. Uh, you said the drunk call hotline. How about the the sickness hotline, where people call in and they just admit their sickest stories ever. You know, about somebody that ate shit or something like that. You should really plug that. Instead of the drunk hotline, that just doesn't seem professional of you guys. <laughs> you have the sickness hotline. Yeah, we're so professional. Somebody tells a story about their sickness. It's just like a paranormal podcast where people talk about their ghost stories. Think about this. People tell their sickness the sick and wrong. And they can only call in if they got some sick shit. So just throwing it out there. I'm too lazy to email. Hopefully you'll listen to that. But sickness hotline. How about that? Sickness hotline. Listen to some fucked up shit. A bunch of people that just want to, you know, tell their, share their fucked up shit with the world, shall we say. Hey, and maybe someday you'll get somebody that said, oh, I accidentally killed somebody. And I shit on them. I don't know. But just throwing it out there. Uh, don't play this on the show because it's fucking long. But I'm just throwing it out to you two guys. Sickness hotline. What do you think? I don't know. I think it would be great. It would be a fun listen. You know, weird people go on the Internet all the time. And they want a vent of being a furry. Uh, I can't even think of the other fucking examples of sickness. But, yeah, sickness hotline. All right. I think I might have heard enough. This guy's <laughs> got to be stoned.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, he called it the stoned hotline, so I assume that's a tell.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I want to qualify this. The sick and wrong drunk dial hotlines. It's called the drunk dial hotline because people leave like a minute long message because they're wasted and they just like, you know, they're angry and they're not getting laid. So they leave this drunk quick message. If it was the sick and wrong stoned hotline, we'd have to listen <laughs> to some dude ramble on for about 15 minutes.
3: Yeah. I and mean,
2: this thing, this one's like five minutes long. Isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, he, like that. he does bring up an interesting point, though. I, yeah, I I fully invite people to call. The Sick and Wrong Hotline and tell their own stories of their own depravity and their own sickness. And if someone, you know, did call in and say, you know, I'm about to commit a murder, blah, 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 and leave a message, you know, on the Sick and Wrong Hotline, make sure you are wearing your Sick and Wrong T-shirt when you do commit the murder, okay? And, you know, we have the Cafe Press Store that's going to be up very soon. Get a Sick and Wrong hat, get a Sick and Wrong T-shirt, get Sick and Wrong panties, and then commit the murder, so when, you know, when the police finally find you, you do the murder-suicide, they'd be like, he's a big fan of some show called Sick and Wrong.
3: <laughs> you really want to be on 60 Minutes, don't you?
2: Dude, all I got to say, think of the publicity. <laughs> think of the publicity.
3: I think you're going to be on your own if, you, if we have to get interviewed for 60 Minutes if that sort of situation happens. They're oh, dude, be like- you
2: got to join me.
3: Uh, show host D. Simon, uh, hosts the podcast with another unnamed source.
2: We're going to be like, you got to get Lance Wackerly in here. <laughs> we never told him to do it, but, uh, we definitely discussed the murder.
3: I'm kind of reclusive when it comes to being interviewed by Curse Wallace or
2: whatever. Dude, you know what would happen though? Do you think you'd lose your job? Yeah. I mean, how would you how would you explain this to your boss? <laughs> well, I have this hobby I do with my weird Jewish friend.
3: Right, and we accidentally encourage somebody to murder their family.
2: Wearing a sick and wrong t shirt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I hope the cafe press sales will take off if that happens because yes, I will lose my job.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Alright, what's number two here?
1: Yeah. Geez. Uh lackerly. I'm Paul the truck driver. I'm a real sick and wrong motherfucker But I'm not going to give you no orgasm On the goddamn phone (laughs) Plus I'll tell you It'd be Fabrics anyways right Uh, Fabrics Glad you guys got this Because I can't always talk to you guys On the internet or call in or nothing So I'm going to call in And I'm going to bother you people Every fucking week
0: (laughs) I'm
1: going to call in And I'm going to talk about nothing and i want gonna make fun of your long hair and your your wacko sword there, Wackerly.
0: Fair enough.
1: And he being a, a Jew. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> your to. most defining
3: characteristic. I think you're pretty
1: cool. Ah, <laughs> oh, well. I'm just driving along. That's what I'm Looking for do. some meth. Getting tired. I'll call
2: back soon. Do you think it's a rite of passage for podcasts that every podcast needs to have a truck driver fan?
3: I'm surprised so many truck drivers have iPods.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't even think that they would. Uh, you know, be that tech savvy to have the i download the show to their iPod to play in their truck. It makes sense, though.
3: You're like, I'm g- uh, instead of buying nine pounds of meth this week, I'm going to buy eight pounds and I'm going to buy an iPod.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, you know that that kind of cracked me up at the end. How he said. I'm just driving around looking for some meth.
3: How do you look for meth when you're driving a truck across the country? You, you get on the CB and, like, I'm looking for some Tina. I'm up by uh, rest stop 78 on I-97.
2: Lost sheep to shepherd looking <laughs> for some Tina. Any Tina out there? Crazy cooter. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what what exactly they do, but it makes sense. I mean, if you think about it. Truck drivers got to be kind of bored. They have to be bored. Do
3: you think? Yeah,
2: I mean, they're just driving around. So I imagine sick and wrong wastes at least an hour and a half of their time. Yeah. How
3: do they download it, though? Just like at at truck stops with with Wi-Fi?
2: You know, I I think it's also comforting that this guy's going to keep calling us (laughs) just to talk about really nothing. Every week. Every week. We'll see if he keeps up to Make fun of your mullet. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great. Well, uh, thank you, uh, trucker Paul, for calling us in. We have our own trucker, just like the uh, mediocre podcast. It's good to know.
1: Hey, D, this is Kent. Sorry, I didn't get to leave you a phone call message. You know when it was your birthday, but uh, now that birth- now that you know I get the chance, I thought I'd leave you a belated birthday message. Thought maybe you'd like to come over and we could play DJ. General, butt naked. I don't
2: think so.
1: <laughs> Did you plan. say you wanted to play that game? <laughs> have a good old time. And if you like, maybe we could even invite a little friend of you, a little friend of mine, over. We could spit roast you. That's where we beach. We set you down in a bed, lay you down, and we each work one end and have a little fun. Anyway, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I'm playing with myself, Dee. I'm thinking of you. I said, happy belated birthday.
2: Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) You got to admit, dude, that's kind of disturbing. For you. For me,
3: it's amusing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but it was your birthday that he missed. He said... Hey, D,
3: sorry I missed your birthday. He's pointing out the fact that last week you complained that nobody called in on your birthday. So he's calling in and wishing you a belated happy birthday.
2: You know what I don't understand is how come many gay men out there don't have any homosexual erotic fantasies about your voice? Because I'm too much of a man. <laughs> you think that would then they don't play be into dominated.
3: the fantasy? They don't want to be dominated. They want to twink, which apparently that's how you're
2: perceived. But, dude, this dude... He's got one of the creepiest guidance counselor voices I've ever heard. (laughs) He sounds like that high school guidance counselor.
3: Sort of, yeah. D,
2: how you doing? (laughs) It's like Buffalo Bill or something. Yeah,
3: so either guidance counselor or homicidal maniac. Yeah,
2: homicidal maniac voice. But you know what? I have a point to say about this. I want to bring up an interesting point about this. This guy basically just took a shit in the pool. Which pool is that? I'm saying the pool of sick and wrong fans that ever want to hang out with either host of Sick and Wrong. This is case in point why I will never hang out with a fan of this podcast.
3: So they've sh- you know other people want to have a good time in the pool, relax, swim around, come and hang out with you or I, mostly you apparently. <laughs> but this guy's just driven them all off by taking a shit in the proverbial well, pool. Because all, now you now you don't know, you can't you can't trust the fans well, when all you hear I gotta shit say like that.
2: Is every now and then, you'll have a fan say, "I'm going to be in San Francisco. You know, I want to see if you guys want to go out for drinks and hang out." Dude, this guy basically just took a shit in that pool of people that want to hang out with us because now i'm gonna be like all right if i go and hang out with this guy there's probably a 75 percent chance he might slip a roofie in my drink take me back home and what spit fire spit spit roast roast me (laughs) yeah dude dude, dude, one dick in each end you know what dude i don't want to deal with that (laughs) it's just this one this just reaffirms this reaffirms my suspicion that we have some maniacs that listen to this show I think there are people out there. I really, I, I really don't doubt this, and this guy confirms it. There are people out there that listen to this podcast, masturbating feverishly.
3: Here's the thing, though: nobody knows what we look like, and and I think Jeff, your brother Jeff, and they would will en- never know. Yeah, but your brother Jeff would enjoy this scenario. Maybe you could just make him go, and he could be like, "Yeah, I'm D." He kind of sounds like you if you were to smoke a lot of cigarettes and you were like ten years older.
2: Well, you know, dude, I would like to think that there are some, you know, kind of. Uh, Normal people out there that sort of listen to this podcast that, you know, would be cool to go grab a beer with and have a shot. I don't want to think that they're all like, you know, foaming at the mouth deviants that are <laughs> masturbating <laughs> while it's in the show. Like this reminds me of like, you remember that one skit on uh, Saturday Night Live, the Mr. Belvedere fan club? <laughs> it was like a support group I I for do, people yeah. that were fans of Mr. Belvedere. I think like Tom Hanks was in it. Yeah. Was it was in the skit? And the whole point of it was like these people that were obsessed with the show Mr. Belvedere. Too and much so, so. Too much so. And I guarantee there's a group out there the Sick and Wrong support group and there are people out there that get up every every week and they go to their meetings and they say, "You know, I will listen to Sick and Wrong." I will try not to masturbate feverishly till I chafe my cock at the end of every show. Right.
3: You just it, have to, uh, all things in moderation is the goal.
2: You know, I can listen to Sick and Wrong without dreaming of stalking D. Simon or Lance Wackerly, capturing them, you know, imprisoning them in my basement and. Playing them and then making like a Jew skin coat. Yeah. You know, it's like guaranteed this guy has had those kind of fantasies. Yeah,
3: you have to modulate your goals when you have that type of an obsession.
2: From here on out, I'm not hanging out with any sick and wrong fans.
3: I wasn't before. He so. took a shit
2: in that pool. See, there's for a me, big, crusty turd floating in that pool.
3: For me, the pool has always been shitting because you know what I fear? I fear the clingy. Uh, sick and Wrong fan Where like yeah I go out and hang out With you for And I have a drink On Friday night For an hour And then it ends up Like you're hanging out With me all weekend And like Sunday I'm trying to be like Yeah I gotta go to sleep now Cause I gotta go to work tomorrow And I gotta go to the sh- Do the show again And like you're still Like knocking on my door
2: Yeah exactly so. They're one of those Obsessive fans And this guy I don't know man The yeah. spit roast <laughs> Have you ever heard Of that term I'm gonna have to ask My brother about that
3: Well it's kind of like The finger cuffs Airtight
2: Lucky Pierre. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, thank you, Kent, for the uh, birthday wishes and the uh, the nightmares that you just uh, invoked in my head when I fall asleep. But uh, people, give us a call at the Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial hotline, 206-666-3846. We'll definitely play your message here on the show. Uh, moving on, we got to get out of here because we have to do some Irish car bombs uh, very soon. But I want to read this one email that came in from uh, Amy. She says, "Dear Sick and Wrong, my name is Amy from Kansas, and I have a problem. My friend and I got into a disagreement that only Sick and Wrong, which we both love, can resolve." Um, she says here, and I don't think it's that much of a disagreement, but she says it started out when I asked my friend, "If you fuck a pregnant chick, is that considered a threesome?" He disagrees and says it's a two and a half sum. I think he's wrong. That baby is still a thing, so plus one. What, what do you think, Wackerly?
3: She's saying threesome. He has, says two and a half. Some. I'd say it's a twosome.
2: I say it's a complete twosome, dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't know.
3: Inside if... the skin, baby, does not count as a third sexual partner.
2: Well, I think it also depends. Like, how far along are she talking? Like nine, you know, eight and a half months here.
3: Here's the telling factor: is the baby reaching an arm out and giving you, you know, little hand job action?
2: That actually might be pleasurable. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? My point is. A baby is not a person till it's in your phone book. Bill so Hicks it, said that. So that and so that that means it's gotta case be true. Closed. Yeah, it's a discussion. <laughs> Bill Hicks said it. The baby is not a person till it's in the phone book. So it's
3: not a threesome until the person's in the phone book. So if you have sex with a woman and some toddler that's not in the phone book, that's also not a threesome.
2: No, it's it's just a two sum. They don't count. <laughs> yeah, they don't count. Well, that might be a two and a half some. Certainly, maybe. Uh, she says, "Then the disagreement gets heated when I ask about fucking an aborted fetus." He calls it a necrosum and I call it a one and a quarter sum. But either way, it's kind of like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with lots of jelly
3: and so, baby corpses. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> sounds like a good idea at first, but the mess afterward is horrible. And that abortions are awesome. Kind of a cryptic statement. And speed. <laughs> Which makes sense. <laughs> yeah,
3: now it's all coming together.
2: Keep it sick, fuckers. Amy, you know what I wonder about this? How is a woman cause thinking? You know, I'm, 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 I might be reaching here, but I'm, I think Amy is probably a woman. Yeah. How does a woman fuck an aborted fetus? Strap on. Strap on.
0: Yeah.
2: I figured she would put the aborted fetus into some kind of dildo, freeze it like in a condom, and then fuck uh-huh. herself with it.
3: That's also a possibility. Guess, if she that has it gigantic. Take- Gaping vagina, maybe like if she just had a kid.
2: So what would you call that? A necrosum? A one and a quarter sum?
3: <laughs> I'd call it fucked up in second row.
2: I just call it classic deviant behavior. She says holla uh, at everyone holding it down at K two Thirty Two. Is that her
3: cell block that she lives on? <laughs>
2: yeah, I think that might be the uh, the room in the mental the ward. Wing? Yeah. Yeah, the wing in the mental ward. You know, holla K232. Thank you, Amy, uh, for sending that in and uh, make sure you spread the sickness. Uh, finally, here we uh, got an email from Bender. I think he's an English fan. He says, Greetings, Lance and D. I'm an avid listener of Sickerong and have turned on many people to it. Keep it up. You guys are amazing. I have a story for you the story of a rapper, a rapper with Down syndrome. Evidently, Laz D, that's his name, Laz D, the rapper here, is cleaning up the rap game uh go check it out www.laz-d.com laz-d.com we'll put a link up to it on the website he says clean up yaspeeth you know i listened to the song uh-huh. it's it's about cleaning up the street uh-huh. and it's a good song but we're not going to end the show with that song we're going to end this the show with the song girlfriend which i think by is a much laz better d. a rousing number by laz d because it just it just fills me with disbelief. I don't know how many down syndrome people are Is this a high-functioning,
3: retarded person like Corky?
2: He can rap. Okay. Corky can sing. I'm saying, yes, he's high-functioning. But uh, thank you, Bender, for uh, sending that in. And that's going to be the sick and wrong story of the week here. Uh, Laz D singing the song Girlfriend. Uh, people, make sure you stay tuned next week. We'll be back with episode 115. In the meantime... Go uh, give us a comment. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. If you haven't already, we're also on Podcast Alley. You can give us a vote there. And check out the forum. There's been uh, some lengthy discussions about the size of our manhood. I don't know if you've seen that.
3: Comparatively.
2: Yeah, comparatively. I think even one person said, no, they're both women. I think that's one of the options. Ugly, so, ugly women. Yeah, go check out the uh, forum page. It's, there's a link to it right off the uh, main site, sickandwrongpodcast.com. As I said before, we'll be back next week with episode 115. Until then, take a sleazy.
3: I hope you don't get roofied and murdered. Baby,
0: don't you know that you are special? Taken, in Will you be my girlfriend? I'll be a man I'll give you the world you understand? I'm in love with you Can't you see? We're meant to be together You and me Baby, don't you Appearance, I like you too. Nothing, baby. Nothing I won't to do. Tonight, I'll let you know that it's just how I feel. I'll be there forever. If you are the so real I can delight, I'll oppose to you. Please be with me. Stay forever and true. Baby, don't you know? www.tanktv.com We'll blow you away.